0: You're listening to episode two of This and That with Angus Mitchell, a new podcast series where I'll be discussing with students and past students alike everything to do with their dissertations and trying to get my head around it. On this episode, I'll be talking to Hannah Ryan, the title of her dissertation being I'm Welsh, I'm gay, I'm Welsh and I'm gay and I'm home. Enjoy. I to be saying, get me on, and I was like, Hannah will have, a <laughs> cool, will have got a cool dissertation. CNN intern, gotta get her on. Um, oh, but hey,
1: no, but... <laughs> do this? Why? Why are you a historian in this? And she was like, because I think it's important to prove that we've been here from year dot basically, and we're not going anywhere. Of, um, there were two women, the, the ladies of um, oh, that pronunciation is probably horrible. Canswathlon. <laughs> yeah. Welsh it. trigger um, warning.
0: I'll put in the title. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm really many sorry many Welsh terms
0: destroyed. Yeah. in this um, episode.
1: we got on to, We'll get on to it. We'll get. On we'll to get it. We'll
0: get onto it yeah. Should we? Should we like <laughs> officially start the conversation? Then? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Let's all get right, going. All yeah.
0: Right. Okay. So. You're listening to This and That. Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode two of This and That with me, Angus Mitchell. And today I'm joined by Hannah Ryan. Hannah, how are you? I'm good.
1: Thank you, Angus. Good to see you again.
0: I absolutely love that you, are, you have a glass of red wine with you. I completely forgot it's a yes, Friday dude. night. I'm like, what, what <laughs> am I doing? Re- recording on a Friday night, but I think that is lockdown blues, isn't it? You just forget, much, yeah. you forget any structure to the week. However, you, you're a sensible adult now. You have a job. So the, the Friday nights are a bit more important now, aren't they?
1: A little bit. You, even in lockdown, there is still that Friday feeling, J- just about. But it's, it's still about. there, that feeling of like, okay, it is the weekend. Yeah. It
0: is the weekend. You can relax a bit. And you, so Hannah, explain, who are you? for the listeners.
1: Um, uh, I'm Hannah, uh, I am alumni of Cardiff University, I did my undergraduate there and I did my master's there. Uh, I'm now working over at CNN, uh, I'm a digital programming intern for the CNN team, uh, which, is, which is very exciting. Um, I did my master's in magazine journalism, I did my undergraduate in English literature and history. Uh, I've known Angus for years, we, used, we, we did uh, student media together and yeah, that's where I am now.
0: It has been years now ridiculous it really has Where, where's the time gone it's a cnn interns oh i haven't spoken to, i have spoken to you since you heard the news and before we get into your dissertation i've got to congratulate you fantastic news and Thank maybe you. and and maybe we'll find out that the route to that internship was to do with your dissertation who knows
1: exactly exactly no it, it, i have to say it came in very handy so so we'll, we'll get chatting about
0: that we'll we'll get chatting to that i'm very excited because I have no idea what your dissertation was about. And like you mentioned, you did your undergrad at Cardiff as well as your Mm -hmm. master's at at, at Cardiff. Mm -hmm. And for those listening that don't know, dissertations um, can come in many forms, but they do occur not only at at undergrad level, but also at master's. And of course, your PhD is basically a huge dissertation. Um, Mm -hmm. So today, what are we discussing? We're going to discuss your master's dissertation to start off with. Yeah. So so what, what was the title of that?
1: So the title of my master's dissertation was uh, it was a title picked from the film Pride and the dis- the title was uh, I'm Welsh I'm gay I'm Welsh I'm gay and I'm home and the full title was uh, an exploration of queer history and activism in Wales the Anglocentrism of UK media coverage and representation in institutions and the future of LGBTQ plus Welsh liberation.
0: Wow, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that that see I had not this is going to be a fantastic episode I'm excited because obviously um, yeah a personal dissertation may I mm-hmm, say definitely um, yeah absolutely like being gay yourself and from Wales I, I can imagine that is why um, is that a reason you chose the topic like having that personal um, connection to it or yeah so I'm,
1: I'm not sadly unfortunately I'm not from Wales I am sadly English but um, Ryan, lived in I Wales...
0: swear you're from Wales
1: no I'm like oh. I'm English and Irish
0: Oh, is my you're background. Proud, you're just so, proud to it, be from Cardiff aren't you?
1: Yeah literally. <laughs> Angus clearly doesn't know me as well as he thinks he does for anyone listening. Well, um, I'm learning now. <laughs> um, I'll just cut well, that out. <laughs> living, in, living in Wales for four years um, it you know it, it really I'm sure you probably agree really sticks in your heart especially Cardiff does and I just fell in love with kind of Welsh history um, and the way that Wales is underrepresented sort of in all forms of media and then Obviously, being gay, um, my whole life and my, my journalism especially tends to revolve around uh, queerness and, and LGBT community and history and such. And I just felt like it was an area that was really underexplored. Like, I just felt that no one really talks about the relationship between being Welsh and being LGBT or about Welsh LGBT activists and icons and what they've done. And I felt that um, lots of sort of LGBT books on, on the history and on activism were very English. They were all about the English experience. And and a lot of them were about the London experience as well. You know, people talk about pride and they mean London, you know, they're not thinking about pride in Scotland. They're not thinking about pride in Ireland. They're not thinking about pride in Wales. And I just, it just came to my head that this was an opportunity to really bring to attention uh, to people, you know, just how rich that that sort of history is of Welsh LGBT, sorry, ugh, Welsh LGBT uh, activism. And yeah, I just really wanted to bring it to the forefront.
0: Yeah, well that completely makes sense. Cause like you said, I can imagine the experience of a gay person in London we live in such a centralized society obviously still um but compared to, like the hub of everything in London you know the hub of these kind of of change mm-hmm. almost um and compared to someone in Wales or in mm. Scotland or like you said any of these other districts or of countries in the UK is completely different so maybe someone um, is experiencing something in London it's a completely different experience in Wales and so would you When you decided this, did this come from the movie? You said it was from Pride. Did you watch Um, the movie and it was kind of like a light bulb or did you kind of always know from maybe past modules you've um, studied or you kind of knew you wanted to go down that path or was it you were watching that movie and like this is a dissertation topic? mm
1: -hmm. So I would say it was definitely partly inspired by the movie. Are you familiar with the film itself, Pride? I haven't seen
0: Pride, no. You recommend Um, it.
1: it's about the movement that lesbians and gays support the minors, uh, which was the, you know, that move which is movement in the 80s where um, you know, working class folks, minors and um, realized that, you know, they were being very heavily oppressed under Thatcher, and so were gay people, and they basically decided to band together and you know, stick it to Thatcher, basically, and stick it to homophobia and stick it to classism. And they, they banded together and um, they supported each other at fundraising events. And it was it's just this beautiful you know, story of like this sort of solidarity you wouldn't expect to see you know you had you had LGBT activists um, spending time in, in working men's clubs in in South Wales you know it's just something yeah. that, that yeah. no one expected it's such a brilliant story. Um, was partly inspired by that and then it was also partly inspired by the fact that I'm just so interested in LGBT history as a whole and I, I do a lot of reading on it um, I do a lot of research on it especially I do a lot of research on AIDS activism and the AIDS crisis is something that really interested me. And I'm thinking about putting my major project together because you know it, it's quite daunting when they say it can be on whatever you want it to be on. That's, that's you know that, that, that's, that's great, but then it's also like oh god, what do I pick? And I was I was thinking about what I'm interested in, which is definitely LGBT history and activism. And I was living in Cardiff, you know, I was doing my masters in Cardiff, and I was thinking, you know, I love this place so much. I'm probably finally going to leave after my masters. You know, after four years here, I'm probably going to move elsewhere. Um, and then the pandemic came along, but. Um, you know, I was thinking I was going to move to London and, and be elsewhere and I thought there's just I sort of want to leave a piece of my heart here and I, I want I want to make it clear the sort of impact Wales has had on me and I, I felt like I owed it almost to Wales for sort of taking yeah. me in and and I felt like I owed it to the activists that came before as well.
0: Well that's such a beautiful way of putting it I guess because by creating your dissertation um like essentially around queer history in Wales you had to learn more about the history of where you're living and I guess yeah exactly leaving your imprint there and it left its imprint on you because you've devoted hours and hours and hours of of researching and I guess it is so important with dissertations Um, I discussed this with Phoebe in episode one you have to Mm -hmm. be passionate you have to want to put the hours in and it's so clear that this is such a a passion project in itself Um, and so should we get into it then tell me a bit about what what tell me a bit about what you learned and what you can teach me in Short period because obviously, it's a am I right in saying this was a 10,000 word dissertation? Yeah,
1: 10,000 word. Um, so this dissertation was a journalism project. Uh, so the whole kind of concept of this was that the it was divided into are supposed to sort of serve as long form features that you'd read, uh, in a magazine. You know, you might open the New York Times and there'd be a, a 3,000 word feature on whatever it might be. It could be something to do with Trump, it could be the Venezuelan government. You know, what I mean, you get those massive yeah. features. Um, so that was the style, so I wrote three chapters in total, and I think they equated to about, I'm going to quickly check, but I think it was about, it must have been about 3,000 words each, if that's about right, about 9,000 words, yeah, and then like bibliography and stuff all made up the word count, um, yeah, long, long features themselves, so there, there, it was three chapters I split them into, um, so one was sort of the hidden history of Welsh LGBT life, and basically The idea that was something which I found out loads is that there's loads of um, LGBT figures from Welsh history, but they've just been erased really from the canon, Um, much like queer history itself has been erased from the canon, you know, like when we were kids, we didn't learn that, for example, Alan Turing was gay, you know, and even though he played such a role in British history, you know, things are left out on purpose, you know, and then it's not until you get older that you realise actually people have been actively erased from history by the people that wrote it or their relationships have been erased. From history, it's like, oh, you know, you did this great thing, you were a great mathematician, or you were a great writer, but we can't, you know, people can't know you were gay. Um, and I was really interested in that. So that's what that chapter focuses on, is basically the fact that for so long, um, LGBT histories have been I mean, tossed aside and been hidden, and so of Welsh histories, and then we bring those two together. It was about really unearthing those stories, and I spoke to some of the leading historians in the field on that, uh, which was a really incredible experience, and I've got to tell you about that. Uh, coming up and the, the second chapter uh, was about was much more about anglo-centrism and how that kind of dominates the UK activist scene um, so that was really all about how the LGBT activist scene in the UK at least from the 70s onwards has been totally dominated by the English um, in terms of representation so like I said before it's always about London pride it's always about what's happening in London or Manchester or Birmingham where the massive pride celebrations take place and it's always about the gay men's liberation front. there you know it's never about what's happening in in you know pockets of of wales and pockets of ireland and pockets of scotland you know there's 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 remote locations all over the uk where queer people exist and do wonderful things and they just sort of get pushed aside because people think metropolitan first of all they think about cities and queer ruralness in in itself is a whole completely
0: different experience isn't
1: it Yeah. yeah yeah totally it's just you know, there's, there's, there's lots of great media on it. Um, there's lots of fantastic books on it and there's lots of brilliant films on it. Um, maybe I can recommend some at the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely, interested. definitely. Um, but it's still not covered enough. So yeah, that sector was all about the, what I'd call bias in not only UK media, but within UK uh, LGBT organizations themselves towards the London centric scene and the, English, and the English scene. And then uh, the final was on what activism, uh, queer activism in Wales looks like now. And what it might look like going forwards. Um, so that centered around, for example, AIDS activism um, and the campaign in Wales to get uh, PrEP, which is the treatment for HIV. Uh, it's a preventative drug which you can take to stop um, from developing HIV. That's now free on NHS Wales, um, and that, that you know that was the result of years of campaigning by gay men's groups. Um, and basically, you know, what what are we looking for next in Wales? What, where does the movement go now? You know, because it's one argument. You'll see a lot of um, when you see queer people, you know, fighting for their rights. Is people say, "Well, you, you have marriage equality. In the UK, yeah. What more do you want?" It's like, well, it's that's like, done.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. And it's it's so reductive because that's not how it works at all. You know, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be stuff that needs to be addressed. And and that was what that chapter was about. And and where does it go from here? And what does the future look like for queer people in Wales, essentially?
0: Wow. yeah. So you you've really. I guess the structure completely makes sense as well. You've done the past and why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, the middle, so the middle was more about um, the um, like was that the AIDS the the,
1: what was the, it the Anglocentrism. So that was Anglocentrism. Anglocentrism on like the fact
0: it's and centralism in general and how pocketed areas of rural Wales is such a different experience. And then obviously yep. the future where we're going from here because I think that is that is such a such a good point because like you mentioned right at the beginning there's this kind of would I be right in saying like straight washing because obviously there's whitewashing washing history um which yeah is a absolutely, term, everyone's absolutely, become more, absolutely
1: that is very much the term that's yeah because everyone's there.
0: become a bit more familiar with um w- the whitewashing of history um with recent movements um and obviously so I, I've got to put my hands straight washing was a Uh, thing that I have haven't had on my radar and um, Mm -hmm, I I think this is why I want to do this because I'm learning you know and um, I think it's so important and your dissertation isn't just about you getting your marks that is quite it's Mm. such an important topic and um, for you to research of where this is going as well is so important because it's not like you've done it now and that close that book you got your marks although it might feel like that that yes I graduated and oh uni is a tiring experience and you're moving on in life but you're always gonna have that kind of on your radar, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fascinating. Um, So Hannah, you mentioned that you wanted to go in a bit more detail about your experience talking to the leading historians in the field. Do you you wanna explain Mm -hmm. a bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best parts of this project was getting to talk to people uh, with real expertise in Welsh LGBT history, which is, it's such a niche, isn't it? You know, it's not, it's not, certainly not an overcrowded field, um, largely because to be honest, it's an underfunded one, you know the funding's the funding's not there. Like um, people aren't being paid enough to research these subjects because until now they were just so brushed under the carpet. Um, you know, totally brushed away. Um, so I spoke to a woman called Noreena Shopland who is one of the most well-read, most intelligent women I've ever met. She, I would say, is the she's the doyen in the field for uh, Welsh LGBT history. She is the the expert. You know, she she you ask her a question and she could tell you the most obscure fact about it. Um, She's been, you know, she's, she's um in her sixties or seventies. She's been working on it for, for, for longer than, longer than I can, I can possibly the, the, imagine. Yeah. It's uh, like
0: the history you're talking about. She was there at the time, you know, almost. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And she's been doing so much about it for so long. And like, um, you know, when I asked her, Sort of, why do you do this? Why why are you a historian in this? And she was like, because I think it's important to prove that we've been here from year dot, basically, and we're not going anywhere. And I just thought that's such a beautiful way to sort of sum up why this kind of research is important, because, um, you know, queer people have been persecuted uh, and oppressed for so long throughout history. And it's so important to look back through history and say, oh, that person was like me as well. You know, especially if, especially if you're young and you're closeted, well, you could be closeted at any age, of course, but especially if it's something you struggle with, I think, look back at points in history and say well this person they did these amazing things and and actually they were just like me you know they had a same-sex partner or or they were they were gender non-conforming or whatever because another thing that's interesting about this subject is it's difficult to know what terms to apply to people from the past because um it's difficult to refer to people from the past for example as trans you know historical figures in the um, 17th century it's difficult to refer to them as trans because there was no such thing as trans then you know it wasn't yeah. a t- it's a, it's a yeah. modern term um even though you know they may have dressed as a woman and lived as a woman it, even if they were assigned male at birth um so that the, the term queer gets to is 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 used most of all as an umbrella term um, yeah it's, it's not <laughs> as simple
0: as that is it um we actually yeah. discuss this quite a lot in archaeology because it's actually quite problematic to imply our societal norms on the past because mm-hmm, it can actually often you hide the little facts and by just blank terming something in the past that we now use is actually unproductive you know and it, and you're not understanding the viewpoint of the times and i guess it, it, that's quite a transferable problem um so do you think it was quite hard yeah. to to do that would, would you find yourself when you were writing about the past that you were doing that or were you going that far back that it didn't um, didn't matter. Where, how did that go? For um,
1: you? No, definitely it was difficult because you know there's figures and historical figures. Who, an example of them, um, there were two women, the, the ladies of Hans um, Lochland. Oh, that pronunciation <laughs> is probably horrible. Llan Llochlen, yeah. that's Welsh it. trigger um, warning.
0: I'll put in the title. <laughs> i will
1: really sorry. Many Welsh terms destroyed in this
0: episode.
1: And um, they they lived together all of their lives. They were you know they were at the time their contemporaries considered them companions. And I'm using air quotes for companions so long that's how women in romantic and sexual relations with each other are considered even now you know you you still see it now um and actually you know it's very highly likely that you know from the letters they wrote to each other they were romantically and sexually involved and it's like but you can't necessarily apply the term lesbian to them because for all we know they may not have been lesbians you know lesbian is a modern term um and uh, just like bisexual is a modern term or or gender non-conforming is a modern term and it's exactly what you said it's quite problematic to put our norms onto them when they certainly would have been queer um and they certainly would have lived a queer life so to speak as a life you know outside of kind of social normal parameters um but yeah it's difficult to to necessarily put a label on those historical figures because they're not here to tell us actually that's not how i identify
0: (laughs) yeah so so hannah that's such is such an interesting point so what is because obviously you you you, you're the expert in this field what do we do you know if we're not going to imply our norms on the past how would you refer to those air air, fingers whatever it's called (laughs) companions you know um
1: Um, yeah what do you do i i think you just call them a a queer couple and you just say you know these women these women were queer and that's all you can say about it is that they lived they queered their own lifestyle by living outside of heteronormative sort of expectations and and barriers they they lived queerly basically
0: yeah i i guess the most important thing is treating them like individuals not just blanket terming you know and yeah, um, just totally, go, totally. delving into the history a bit more, because even queer, I guess, is—would you say that's a more modern term? Because obviously, queers Ooh. had ver- varied uses uh, uh, in the English language yeah. in the past.
1: I think when I use queer, I sort of mean queer in the in the in the sense that it means anything that is uh, considered outside of the norm. Um, hmm. So I mean, I, I mean queer in the gay sense, but I mean queer in the sense that, in the same sense that you'd use it in queer theory. Uh, so yeah, to yeah. live outside of kind of social parameters is, is the queer existence basically
0: yeah but and I'm i guess to,
1: i'm back uh, <laughs> doing my dissertation again
0: well, well maybe yeah glug of wine and you'll be <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> i hope you're enjoying this because the, the last thing i'd want to do is people to not want to talk about their dissertations it is clear that you're passionate about it and i guess with um when we're talking about the problems of blanketing the past with our norms There is a line, isn't there? We're we're only human, Mm -hmm. and we've we've only got the English language to go by. And I guess queer is as good as we can be at the moment um, when we're when we're using terms. Um, So, Mm -hmm. so this we've got we've. We found a vein of this conversation that I didn't think we would, which is fantastic. But um, do, you, do you want to go do you want to go? Should we go back to the dissertation itself and, and the structure yeah. and kind of should we get to your conclusions and what you did find? Because you've told us about what you were looking for and how you structured it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really fascinated about this um, NHS provided drug now um, that you were saying. Oh, yeah. That, uh, do you want to go into a bit of detail on that? Obviously, this is your, your, your episode. So tell me what, what works for you. But I was interested by that.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. So that was more related to the Anglocentrism, uh, which is my second chapter, um, and sort of grassroots kind of queer activism in Wales, basically. Um, so the HIV preventative drug, basically, the reason I was talking about that was um, because it's called PrEP. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, it's a drug that's been developed over sort of recent years. And um, what it allows gay and bisexual and other queer men to do is you, if, you, if you take it on kind of a on a course, it prevents you basically from developing HIV. Um, it's brilliant, wow. you know, and I mean, <laughs> the AIDS crisis has ravaged the community. You know, I've been having this conversation a lot with friends recently, um, because with all the talk of COVID, and we talk about how devastating COVID is, and it absolutely is, people sometimes forget AIDS in that context. So uh, there was th- there was a statistic, I remember going around on Twitter saying, you know, COVID has claimed um, the most deaths apart from World War Two in America, and I think the Vien- Vietnam War. Um, actually, the second most, the, the, the second biggest cause of casualties of all time in America is, the, is AIDS. Um, you know, it has killed hundreds of thousands, um, and it's it's still affecting uh, queer and black and poor communities disproportionately to this day. Um, and I'm, I'm very passionate about AIDS activism and about r- raising awareness of AIDS and. Um, of the fact that an entire generation of gay men was almost completely wiped out. Um, and I read a really interesting interview of the week with Russell T. Davis, who made Queer As Folk and, and Doctor Who. And he was, he was talking about, um, he was a young gay man in the 80s sort of coming of age. And he was talking about the fact that when this was happening, there was so much shame around it. People were having funerals taking place at night, so no one would know. And, and there were families that didn't show up to the funerals of their sons because they were so ashamed that they were gay and that they died. Of AIDS um, which at the time so many people thought was was a gay plague and I'm very aware of the privilege that I have to have been born in 1997 and to have grown up you know now um, you know with the shadow of the AIDS crisis kind of hanging over us but nowhere near as, as deadly as it was so again a little bit off tangent but that's what maybe no me no <laughs>
0: definitely uh, um, it this. is such an important conversation to be had and raising awareness and it's almost like we seem to always talk about we have come so far but like you said that statistic on twitter just completely underlie, like forgetting about the aids crisis it it highlights how important this dissertation is and how important this work is mm-hmm. even with the uh, anglophone aspect of it they're still not even talking about aids which was th- like the b- one of the biggest causes of death in america you know it's not like it just happened in rural wales not that that would make yeah. a difference but this was a, 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 would you call it a pandemic, an epidemic, obviously? I don't know if that is the right right terminology because um, it,
1: it... I think AIDS is usually referred to as an epidemic, um, epidemic. just because of how it, it was different in terms of how it spread, obviously. Yeah, like not internet. airborne, um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was total different sort of disease, but um, still just as, still totally devastating and so often mm-hmm. forgotten. And actually there's a lot of lessons we can learn from the AIDS crisis that we should be applying now to this pandemic. Um, certainly in terms of the fact that we're watching it disproportionately kill um, people from poorer communities and people who yeah. don't have the right kind of access to healthcare, especially in places that aren't the UK, you know, where there is no NHS. Um, and it's an interesting conversation, but I And does this come into your lot second lot.
0: chapter again, yeah?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So my second chapter is about Welsh queer activism. And the reason I'm talking about the AIDS crisis and, and, and that is because um, what happened quite recently in Wales was that um, queer Welsh activists campaigned successfully uh, to make the their access to PrEP, which is the HIV preventative drug, uh, permanently free on NHS Wales, and they achieved that before it was achieved in NHS England. Um, and you know that was through the tireless, tireless work um, of campaigners. And it's quite close to home because um, one of the biggest AIDS charities going today, the Terence Higgins Trust. Um, Terence Higgins, the he was one of the first men, if perhaps not the first, I can't quite think of the top of my head, to contract AIDS in the UK. Um, and he was kind of very well known for what happened. He was from Pembrokeshire, um, so he was Welsh and Wales was home to him, and uh, that sort of thing matters, you know. And, and um, there's a great sense of pride in Wales that, that, that Welsh queer activists have fought to have PrEP, to make sure that everyone has access to PrEP uh, on NHS Wales and that it's available for anyone who, who, wants, who wants to and who, who needs to take it. So that, that is, is really fantastic. Yeah,
0: and, and t- in terms of time scale, when did this happen? um when was this put through uh
1: this was put through last year um yeah last year but they've been campaigning for it for years I mean prep has been in development for quite a while and the campaigns have been going on for at least you know three or four years and it finally came into place last Mm -hmm. year yeah
0: so in terms of timescale for your dissertation I can imagine that was right on the cusp of handing almost you know Um, pretty
1: much yeah yeah did
0: did, did you you fit it in
1: um yeah I I managed to fit it in
0: that's perfect. Obviously, it's fantastic that it's happened generally for the people's lives, it's changing, but also you, a bit smug. Yes, thank God it happened yeah. now, you know? Couldn't have happened at a better exactly. time. Um, exactly. That, that's fantastic. And so, third chapter, the future. Yeah. Do you want to go on to that? So, where, where are we heading with this? With um, um, LGBT community in so,
1: Wales? So, there's some really interesting places that we're heading uh, recently. I think one thing that last year brought up um, was the, um, you know, following the Black Lives Matter protest was the huge chasms of inequality in the UK with regards to race and there's no way to discuss queerness without discussing race Um, and the LGBT community is absolutely not free of racism, Um, in fact there has sadly been kind of like, there's been many 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 cases of racism um, within the community which is just so disheartening because you would sort of think you know, knowing what it feels like to be marginalised and to be oppressed hmm. by uh, systems of power, you would think that people have more sympathy. Yeah. Um, but but such is not always the case. Um. So actually, I was really you know after what happened in the summer, um, and you know this kind of uh, this this sort of renewal of those protests and and this renewed sort of um awareness of them that was being brought you know to mainstream media and such. Um. I thought it was really important to us. What an intersectional future looks like so that i think that's that's the focus really of the future of queer activism in wales is 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 it being intersectional so i mean a lot of people when they think wales they think white they think you know that's that's and that you know wales is 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 largely white but statistically there are, i guess yeah but there are lots and lots of black and asian um and all sorts of all sorts of people from different backgrounds who are also queer and who have to kind of balance those identities at the same time so being Welsh is an identity in itself, being queer is an identity in itself and being black or Asian or um, whatever background you're from, that's an identity in itself. And if you imagine what it's like to tie those three things together and you know, it's it, it, it's wonderful. And at the same time, you're facing oppression from all angles. You know what I mean? And you're not just facing yeah. it from one angle. It's similar to the, that intersection between um, homophobia and misogyny and the lesbians will experience homophobia in a different way to the way gay men experience homophobia and cis gay people will never experience transphobia and you know it all it's all about intersectionality and basically the idea that we're all made up of, of of not one identity but several several different ones so yeah um i had a lot of discussions with glitter kimry uh which is basically the kind of association for um lgbt people from uh, bane backgrounds across across wales um who do some really wonderful work um they have worked with. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, UK Black Pride? Um,
0: yes. Yes. Which,
1: yeah. You know them. Yeah. Yeah. So similar sort of work to that. You know, it's basically about protecting and uh, uplifting the voices of uh, minority ethnic uh, LGBT individuals, and it's especially important in Wales, where I said like, um, it's predominantly white, and you know, it's it's you face sort of double the problems there. Um, so for that, to that, I spoke to Black I spoke to the chair of Pride Canary, which is the biggest. Um, LGBT group in Wales, working in the heart of Cardiff. And another big discussion we had as well about the future was um, the future for our our trans uh, sort of brothers and sisters in the community, basically. And uh, as I'm sure you and probably all your listeners know, trans rights are sort of increasingly under threat in the UK, Um, you know, if it's not a a hate hate frenzy whipped up by JK Rowling, um, then it's British newspapers like the Telegraph, you know, and the Times um, commissioning transphobic columns from, non, from non-trans from and non, um, non-queer non people. Um, and, you know, it, it's that's a massive concern. Um, you know, that kind of anti-trans sentiment has really shot up over the past two or three years, and it, it, it's deeply concerning. It's like we're it's
0: going really, in the wrong direction.
1: Pretty much, yeah. And it, it's really important now for activists in Wales, from, from what I discussed with them, to place trans lives and uh, trans recognition at the heart of their activism. You know, it's, it's I think, as... You know, I personally identify as cisgendered um, and I'm gay and I think we we personally, I, I believe that we owe it to our trans siblings who, who don't have as quite as much recognition and as many rights as we have. We really owe it to them uh, to fight for them now because the kind of transphobic rhetoric you're seeing now is really similar to, to homophobic rhetoric. You know, It's the same arguments just kind of like recycled and yeah. it's, it's really our responsibility to, to take a stand when we see it and that's that was the conversation I had a lot in the final chapter of that dissertation. Was what I gathered from speaking to queer activists in Wales was that going forwards, their concerns uh, are for the underrepresented members of the community. So um, whether that's trans individuals, gender non-conforming individuals, or whether it's LGBT people from uh, ethnic backgrounds, then the voices that have been pushed aside, you know, even within our own community, are the ones that need to be uplifted in the in the future, and that's where they see it going.
0: Well, I think that is actually such a powerful thing that these people that are from marginalized communities and and, and their, their lives are still not like we've got so far to go even just to the um, to assist a white lesbian its still mm-hmm. like there's still ways to go with that I don't know how I'm, I'm tripping over my words here yeah, however absolutely um, I totally but the but, but, the, but, the, but the, they are they are looking at someone that's maybe Black cis and lesbian, and they're looking at the problems that they face, and it's all about them coming together rather than worrying about themselves. And it's, I think, that's so powerful. But it's almost comparable to if we go right back to the beginning when you were talking about Pride and uh, um, the film, how the the mining community though under threat.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah with real the LGBT community, there, yeah,
0: and we're almost seeing that in the future. And I think looking at your dissertation mentally right now, because it's obviously not in front of me, that is such a fantastic way to <laughs> round it off. You know, you've gone from the past I and the problems think, yeah. with it. You've gone with the, the the modern problems of the Anglophone, the, the centralism of of the UK, and then you're, in your final piece, you're talking about the future and how it does kind of replicate the past. And history is in circles. You know, we, I always learn this in archaeology, um, and it's both uplifting and depressing, to be honest, because we seem to never yeah. learn, but then we w- when we do, it's fantastic. And um, I think it is so, so so great to hear that these. Um, Glitter Cymru um, and these kind of organizations are learning from the past and also just applying it to the future and helping those in need um, and Absolutely. Um, I've, I've really really enjoyed hearing about your dissertation and um well yeah. your, your master's Good. dissertation and I, is there <laughs> anything else you, you want to add because I've learned a lot definitely and I'm sure the listener has as well um is there anything more you want to add for this one because I know you want to go on to a few wee stories about your undergrad I won't take too much more of your Friday night from you um but is <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay um yeah I mean some really interesting stuff came out of my master's dissertation, just one little story that I love was um, the fact that the first play in the UK um, ever, ever about AIDS um, was put on at Swansea University, um, which I, I didn't know until I until I started researching my dissertation. I always thought, like most people, it was a play called The Normal Heart by Larry Kramer, uh, which is an American play. It's it's kind of like the most famous AIDS sort of text of all time, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of what everyone refers back to. Um, it came out in the 80s and it was staged in London I just presume that was the first time AIDS had ever been tackled in a play in the UK turns out when I was doing my research actually no um, a drama professor and his students Swan- in Swansea um, decided to tackle the subject and put it on and it caused a massive uproar and Tory councillors were threatening to you know because of course um, this was a time when, when homophobia was very present in politics you know uh, politicians were not ashamed of being o- openly homophobic and that was across all parties I'm just referring to councilors here because they were the ones that happened to make a real um kick up a real fuss about it in the swansea um and you know they threatened to sort of sack the the drama professor at the university and actually the university stood by him and said you know they've got every right to stage this play and and that's just a little like nice slice yeah. of history so the first it's almost, thing it's, almost ever...
0: you, yeah. it's almost you falling into the problems of centralization and assuming it's in london and then once Absolutely, you've done your research yeah, there you totally go it's all own. about research exactly. isn't it um but i mm-hmm. you're not the only one i'm sure everyone would assume um something so kind of groundbreaking would have happened in london mm-hmm. but that is the problem Absolutely. with our mindsets isn't it it was, happened in issue, Swansea. Like, so, yeah
1: yeah, yeah i think exactly, you, you, exactly. that story
0: summed up so nicely why this dissertation was um well, so successful, um, but also so important. You know, um, mm. obviously, I'm saying successful. Yeah, I, so. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what you got, but I know you're a CNN intern. I haven't got so... my marks back yet. I'm Have supposed to get them back at
1: the end of this month. Oh. No, so for all, for all we know, you know, I could totally fail this thing. So. <laughs> yeah. You um... completely
0: made it all up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they just get your mark back. What is this? This is all a lie. No, um, I'm sure. I'm sure you've done fantastic. Well, you've been able to sum it up. To me so well and obviously this is a ten thousand word thesis so mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a lot more you could say but um i think that that little story that you said about the swansea play and does that did that sneak into your um diss as well
1: mm-hmm, absolutely now, as you know example. i just couldn't leave that out yeah no um it was just a perfect example of the of, of the way welsh lgbt history has been marginalized and sidelined uh, for so long and it was a perfect example of my own ignorance is really yeah. coming into this yeah, project yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean like um am i my own Anglocentrism, and that's why i did the project i wanted to combat my own assumptions too and, and yeah. to make other LGBT people think again basically and and the project really just to, just to finish it off is just um is what is what i said in my acknowledgements is this is project is dedicated uh, to every activist that came before me um because if it weren't for them you know i wouldn't be able to live and love freely as i can and I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to do that when so many people in so many parts of the world still can't Um, and still be punished for it um, physically and and in all sorts of ways and I I really I owe this project to the people that came before and made life a lot easier for me and I I hope I've done them I hope I've done them justice uh, in in one way or another
0: well I think that's great well said because like like you said there is still so far for us to go but um you mentioned earlier that you you felt lucky to be born in 1997 um and you didn't have to be around with the the problem that was the AIDS epidemic um obviously Mm -hmm. as i said so far for us to go still but we have also come so far thanks to uh, the work that these activists have done and i think that's really important to acknowledge that um Mm -hmm. yeah wow thank you so much anna um is undergrad do you want to mention or we can we can wrap things up now because i think you you have you've given me a lot of your time so i'm so grateful for that (laughs) Um, i think it was fantastic um the
1: only thing i'll mention about my undergrad dissertation just because i think this is a story you're like Um so my undergraduate dissertation, I finished it in twenty nineteen, uh in May twenty nineteen. Um and you know, I I remember I'm kind of a last minute kind of late night sort of girl. Um I like to finish my essays, you know, at like four o'clock in the morning um (laughs) at the library. Um I just I I can't really do that's the thing about working is you can't do that. You have to do eight till four or nine till five and it just it takes the thrill away, you know, of of having four coffees at like one a.m. in the morning. But um yes, my dissertation my undergraduate dissertation was on not not similar but it was on it was an English literature it was on queer theory um and same sex desire and contemporary women's writing a different but kind of similar ballpark at the same time uh, I really enjoyed it but it was due um so I was writing it the evening it was it was meant to be due the next day and um Tottenham Hotspur were playing in the semi-final of the Champions League that night um and for anyone that knows football you must know this story like you know it's a David versus Goliath story it's it's it, my favourite Spurs memory of all time, um, and it's one of my favourite football stories of all time, so for anyone that remembers it, it was the night that Spurs pulled a total comeback and 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 um, when well, they were 2-0 down, they came back and they beat Ajax 3-2 and made it into the Champions League final for the first time Lucas Mora, wasn't it? Yeah, Lucas Mora with the hat-trick. Um, the last goal was scored in the 94th minute. Um, and I just really distinctly remember, I was still doing my dissertation, still doing my dissertation, but I was watching the match. Watched the first half of the match and I was like you know, two you know, nil down, like, I don't know why I bother watching. I'm always disappointed. Um, So when I went and, like made a coffee at halftime, I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on my dissertation now. Forget the match. It's going to be on in the background, but we're probably going to lose. So I'm just going to carry on with what I'm doing. Um, And then as everyone remembers, we scored two goals. And then all of a sudden we won in the 94th minute when I just didn't think it was possible. And I've, the dissertation was forgotten about basically. Like, you know, it was just cast aside. You know, I think I think I might have deafened some of my housemates by how loudly I was screaming, you know, honestly honestly, I thought we were for a minute with like such like sheer joy and shock. And um, I'll always associate my dissertation with being due with that memory. So after I'd watched the match, and I actually shed a tear, an active tear, um, and I wiped that away. And then after i watched the match, picked my computer back up went back to the library and stayed there until five o'clock in the morning to finish it It (laughs) just so i could watch that match it was completely worth it
0: that is so uh, of only hannah ryan would manage to slip in a story about spurs in a podcast all about welsh queer activism (laughs)
1: Uh, they're not too disconnected from each other you'd be surprised how there's there's always a thread somewhere
0: (laughs) exactly welsh queer activism has a long way to go and so does spurs (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely absolutely we'll see who gets there first <laughs> we'll
0: who gets the top first oh well yeah I did appreciate that story um I, 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 I could come good. back I could come back with obviously being a Liverpool fan I could just come back uh, past at like, 4-0 but we won't go there it's fine I'll keep you we won't uh, have that uh, tonight you're smiling we'll I don't to want to disappoint you you know <laughs> exactly we'll, we'll keep to the decision Hannah it's been an absolute pleasure um, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a joy thank you Angus just, just to just to see you again speak to you again but also to hear what fantastic work and research you've done and um, yeah I'm sure everyone else listening has enjoyed it as well I've learned so much um, Hannah Ryan there and we hard. go yeah <laughs> thank
1: you Angus thanks for having me on and um, it's a brilliant podcast and I'm looking forward to the next few episodes as well
0: yeah, we'll see we'll see where it goes i'm excited it's great to have people like yourself um so passionate about such niche subjects you know and um i didn't i didn't know what you were going to talk about i didn't know i didn't even ask you the title you know before I, <laughs> no, you messaged me you messaged, you, you messaged me saying get me on and i was like hannah will have done a cool <laughs> got a cool dissertation cnn intern gotta get her on um oh, no but <laughs> i've got it the people need to know um Good luck with the future. Good luck with with everything you're doing. And again, um, let's let's speak soon.
1: Yeah, let's. Yeah. Um, and All yeah, right. good luck with the podcast and good luck with everything.
0: All right. See, you, Hannah. Cheers. Bye, Angus. Bye. You've been listening to this and that with Angus Mitchell.